You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS 4 Podcast Center, this is the Colts Blue Zone Podcast, along with longtime Colts reporter Mike Chappell. I'm Dave Griffiths. And Mike, it is officially free agent season. How excited are you? I, I, I just, I'm beside myself. I, I keep trying to go over all the great, fantastic, expensive moves the Colts have made. And, and made over the years at, under Chris Ballard, of course. After, too, yes. after five seconds, I get back to say, oh, here we go again. Well, well, here's the deal, and here's how I approach it. If you want a team that makes big free agent moves and splashy players, you better pick another team if you're a Colts fan because that's just not what Chris Ballard's going to do. I wrote about it today that uh, th- this is Bill Polian 2.0. It just is. This this is the way Bill Polian built a roster, like it or not, and people didn't like it because in free agency he didn't do anything because he signed his own. And this is with Chris Ballard. And if you check social media, people are up in arms because people are signing Landon Collins and C.J. Mosley and all these guys for big contracts, and the Colts have signed Devin Funches for one year and $13 million. Mm-hmm. But – you don't want to defend what they're doing. You want to explain it. Chris Ballard has told us this for three, two and a half years. This is how we're doing it, folks. And my only – I wish they would go out and get somebody, a difference maker, and you have to pay to get that. But he's not going to do it. At least he hasn't to this point. So fans have to realize that sort of be patient. And if it works, you've got a winning team. If not, come December, January, fans have got a really reason to go out and, and criticize – Chris Ballard, but until that time, until proven otherwise, you have to trust. I'm not going to say trust the process. We, we can, you can delete that out of there, but you have to trust what they're doing because this so far has worked. And really, Chris Ballard did go out and, in in specific, got one very big contributor last year in free agency, and Eric Ebron turned into a Pro Bowler. He was a guy that, of course, nobody was super excited about in the off season when they signed, but he turns into something that was. Andrew Luck's best red zone weapon. And so if you're going to go with the same formula, if you're Chris Bowd for the last few years that he has done this, it's not the first guys that come off the board. It's not the Le'Veon Bells. It's not the Antonio Browns, who was actually traded anyway, so that's right. kind of different. But it's not those guys that he's going to sign and make an impact. It's guys he brings in on one or two year prove-it deals. And then if they can prove it, they'll have a home here. But that, again, that, that's not what the fans want. They want that right. splash. They they want the the Landon Collins at forty five million guaranteed really, yep. for a box safety, it, it, but that that's what the first two days of free agency does. You you get you get the big money. What Ballard has done is what Polian did. Polian went and got free agents, the Brandon Stokeleys, Monte Riegers. His second year he went out and got Chad Brasky at a, at a big price, but he 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 drafted, developed and resigned, and that, that's that's Ballard's what he does as well. And you talked about. Eric Ebron being a, a big signing, but but he was like you said below the radar, right? And put Nico Autry in there too, two of their better players last year, and that's that's fine. The, the problem is what what they're doing in my mind. They're, they're solidifying the roster top to bottom. They're making it a strong roster, but and we may have talked about this before. Who are your difference makers? Ty and Andrew Luck, maybe Darius Leonard if you want if you want to go there, but. This league's all about having the four or five players that make four or five plays to make a difference. To get those guys, you draft either high in the draft and hit on a guy, or you hit Robert Mathis in the fifth or sixth round, 
or you go out and pay an arm and a leg to get that guy, and, and they're not willing to do that. One thing fans do not want to hear, again, the patience. Down the road at the end of next year, at the end of this coming year, guys that are up, Costanzo, Eric Ebron, Jack Doyle, Jabal Sherrod. Jabal Sherrod's another guy under the radar player that he got relatively inexpensive in, by free agent terms, but it worked. You're going to have Ryan Kelly up in, in, in two years, T.Y. Hilton. So they will reinvest in their own, but to, to do that, you have to be more uh, frugal, I guess, on free agency. Well, let's take a look at what they have done so far this free agency period, early on in this free agency period. Of course, I think we both expect Chris Bauer to make a few moves over the next couple of weeks after players come in and they have visits or medical tests, whatever it may be. Right. But so far, early on, the first big move, and if you want to call it a splash, go ahead, maybe a little bit of a ripple, at least in the pond, is bringing in Devin Funches, wide receiver from the Carolina Panthers. A one-year, again, a prove-it-to-me contract, but still for a prove-it-to-me contract, he gets a pretty good chunk of mil. change. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take that for one year. I'll, I'll prove it to you. It, it seems to me like it, that. Whew, just looking at that number, it's a big number. It, it's did the Colts overpay for Devin Funches, or is that just the price of doing business? No, you, yeah, you don't overpay in free agency. Yeah. Well, you do, but but <laughs> not, relative terms, no, you don't. Uh, the one guy I thought they might go after was Tyrell Williams mm-hmm. of the Chargers. He got four years, forty-four million from the Raiders. Yes, twenty-two mil guaranteed. So that you know that that would have been. If you're going to really make a splash, I think, again, what, what the Colts really want to try to do, you've got T.Y., you've got the young, you've got Deion Kane, Reese Fountain, we don't know yet. They've got Chester Rogers back, I th- and I really expect them to draft a, a wide receiver high in the draft this year. So, so just because they bring in Funches, that doesn't mean that they're, they're set on wide no, receiver. He- yeah. he- the fact that it's a one-year deal it tells me no. Right. So, so now, hey, if he has the, the breakout 70, 80 catches and 1,200 yards, then maybe that's something he resigns here, and then he he's a long term uh, Colt. But I think right now he's a stopgap. Again, you, you've got young guys in place. Marcus Johnson's a guy that showed flashes before he had the injury. Mm-hmm. So uh, th- this is a great deal for the Colts. It's a really good deal for Funches to sort of again prove it. Have, have the big year, and, and if the Colts don't resign him, then somebody will. I guess the one, the, there are several things, of course, that concern you about Funchess because, well, he was a free agent. He wasn't signed by his own team, so he's certainly not a perfect player. One is last year in a contract year for him, he goes out and kind of fizzles a bit. Two years ago, he had his best season of his career, 63 catches, 840 yards, eight touchdowns. He showed that he was a consistent player who could get open in the red zone, make big plays, kind of like Eric Ebron did for the Colts last year. But then last year for Carolina, in his contract year, struggled maybe a bit with injuries, but then also struggled with drops, which is something that several of the Colts struggled with early on this year. Yeah, that's like you're adding somebody to a group that, that's already got that problem, mm-hmm. and, and they can gloss over how they want. That was a problem last year. It, it was early on. Remember the was the, the Jets game they had four or five? There was that stretch Houston, uh, the overtime Houston game they had the issues with. And it wasn't just one guy, Chester Rogers. Eric Ebron whose history was of drops in Detroit, he had drops last year too. Mm-hmm. It's just they were somewhat overlooked because of the 13 touchdown catches. So we talked to Frank Reich at the Combine, and he, he said sort of that, that he has a tolerance for drops as long as it's not an overabundance or in, in, in the wrong wrong place, wrong time type mm-hmm. of thing. So uh, T.Y. Hilton, sure-handed. Everybody else on that team, Jack Doyle, is, really doesn't have an issue with drops. So, but uh, for this offense to work, Andrew, look, I think he had a career high 
completion percentage this year, 67 and change. If if they have half as many drops, he's up around 70%. So it's an, it's, it's, it's an issue until Funches shows it's not an issue, and we'll see how that is moving forward. Last year averaged nearly one drop every eight catchable targets, according to Pro Football Focus. That was fourth worst among 92 wide receivers who had – 150 or more targets over the past four seasons. I know that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of numbers to throw in there, but too many drops. Exactly, too, that, too many that's, drops. That's what it comes down to. So Devin Funchess will have to come in and prove that he can catch the ball if he wants to continue his career as an Indianapolis. It, 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 it reminds me of uh, Darius Haywood Bay, one of the other great veteran free agent signings that they. I had. sense sarcasm in your voice. Yes, Mike. very much. Again, whenever Donnie Avery is your high benchmark of free agent signings, you have issues. But I, I just remember training camp when Darius Hayward Bay came here and he had the, the drop issues. And Reggie Wayne told us, you know, we're going to work on the jugs machine, work on the jugs machine. And here's Reggie over there catching everything. Mm-hmm. And Hayward Bay does it. And at some point, this is who you are. You can't make Shaquille O'Neal a great free throw shooter because he's not. And you just, in some guys, you have to accept that you're going to have X number of drops. And to me, the Colts did with Ebron. He's going to have a couple of drops, some of them glaring. He had the two drops, I thought, either in, was it in Philadelphia, I think it was Philadelphia, in the end zone. Were they contested? Yes, but, but make the catch. Uh, again, they'll tolerate some. Some, you just, you just again, these guys are wide receivers. It's your, it's your job to catch the ball, hopefully with a more accurate quarterback, which there's not, to me there's no question that looks more accurate than Cam Newton. Uh, again, it's a one-year deal. It's good for both sides. It'll give Funches a chance to establish himself as perhaps – a solid number two somewhere. On the other side of the ball, Colts re-sign cornerback Pierre Desir, a reported three-year, $25 million deal with $12 million of that guaranteed. There were several cornerbacks that I thought were interesting in this year's free agent pool, but the Colts went and decided to stay with the guy that has been here the past couple years who uh, played 16 games this past season, had an interception, eight passes defended, 60 total tackles. Um, and just allowed two receptions of 30 or more yards, and he's only 29 right now. So he still has years left uh, as an elite player. They bring back Pierre Desir, Mike. Surprising, not surprising? Uh, how do you think that shakes out? I, I'm, not, I'm not surprised he, they, they brought him back because they wanted him back. Mm-hmm. I'm probably surprised it's $8 million a year. Because if, if I'm not mistaken, some of the corners on the market got $10, $11 million over, over over multi-year deals. So maybe, again... Ballard made it clear on a lot of these guys, see what's out there. That's what that two-day uh, negotiating period lets these players do. What's the right. market? So they let P- Pierre Desir go out there. Either he didn't get the market he wanted or he got something similar somewhere else and wants to stay here. This is a good deal for him. His career earnings prior to this was like $4.5 million. Mm-hmm. So th- this is a great contract, and it's a really good contract for the Colts. $8 million a year for a starting corner. It sounds like a lot, but but in in relative terms, it, it's not. And more than that, again, like you said, he, he's still relatively young, and it, it just reinforces that if you play well, the Colts will do what they can to bring you back. And I think it's a, it's a great for both sides, probably more for the team than Desir, but it works for both sides. There are several things that intrigue me about Desir that he fits well in our in the Colts system, and that's something we talked about in our first podcast, kind of recapping uh, the twenty eighteen season. Is that uh, the Colts cornerbacks, are they, they try to keep it in front of you, obviously. That's what the, the old Tony Dungy 4-3, a Tampa 2 defense, right. whatever you want to call it, wants to do. 
And that's, that's what the Colts want their cornerbacks to do. And in terms of intermediate range passes last year, 10 you know to all these nine, stats, don't you? I know. I, I have a bunch of them. I want to throw them out there. 10 to 19 yards past the line of scrimmage. Pierre Desir led the NFL, allowing quarterbacks just a 34 passer rating on those throws. So he might give up more short yards, more short completions. By design. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. By design. So if you're looking at short passes, he's probably not up near the top. If you're looking at intermediate passes, that's exactly where you want your cornerbacks to be, near the top of the league. And then for the the deep balls, as I said earlier, he only allowed two passes last year, two receptions of 30 or more yards. So that goes in with him, with Malik Hooker, and uh, and anybody else back in the secondary. Well, and keep spot. in mind the two games that just jump out at you, the – the, the late games at Houston, when they they pretty much put him on DeAndre Hopkins and yeah. said and said neutralize so that's what him. you can do yeah and Hopkins had I think it was twenty targets was it seven catches for seventy yards or two two incredibly bad numbers for Hopkins who I think is the best receiver in the league mm-hmm. so I, I think that again he he can play the the design they like with with his own but lock him on somebody and with, again in those two instances he played great again it, this this is the exact kind of situation the Colts want. Because he signed last year. He was a free agent. Right. Came back one year. Was it 1.7? A, so. a, a prove it deal. Yep. And he proved it. And and if nothing else in the locker room, they're going to see that the, 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 it's just not lip service that Ballard's mm-hmm. doing. If, if you play well, we're going to reward you. And I saw multiple guys on Twitter reaching out to Pierre, guys from the Colts locker room. I think Anthony Walker. I right. saw Zach Paschal. Right. Uh, several tweeting out to him just saying, Kenny Moore, congratulations, right. or yeah, buddy, right. cheering him on, and right. so that's that's what you that's what you want to see if you're a Colts fan. Also, I mean, last year a career year for for Pierre, so he was clearly rewarded for that. And again, Play- what is he? 28, 29, What did I write down here? Uh, turns twenty nine in December, right. so he's only twenty eight right, right now. So, so. so again, so he's got you know he, he's barely you know he, he's right at that edge of his prime. So. Very good signing. So when you look at the cornerbacks right now, you've got you've got Kenny Moore, you've got a Quincy Wilson a couple years into his career, you've got Pierre Desir. Nate Harrison, Nate which Harrison. you don't know what you have yet. Oh, geez. Uh, last year, I just remember the Oakland Raiders game, and I was at that game. There were two plays where he just bit on short routes and got beat deep, and then didn't, they didn't pulled him. Pl- didn't play much after that. Exactly. So he's got to earn his way, still got to earn his way back into uh, Matt Eberflus's favor also signed Chris Milton cornerback um, that just one year 1.5 million reported deal more of a special teams player than a guy that you'll see on defense though Mike but still that gunner on special teams we saw it several times last year and I think back to the New York Giants game late where the Colts were trying to come back right. and they needed a play to they needed a punt to pin the Giants deep right. Rigo obviously hit it really well but Milton was down there and got the ball pinned the Giants inside the five-yard line. That's a signing that will go unnoticed or unheralded, but right. Milton is a very key part to what the Colts want to do with that fourth-down army. But that's still a position you need to address. You think so? And I, I won't be surprised. Again, we're, we're talking those first three picks in the first two rounds. I, I think a receiver's one of them, mm-hmm. maybe defensive line, and I won't be surprised if there's a corner. Okay. They, they, they need, again, do, do you trust Quincy Wilson? That what you saw in the second half of the season after really Mike Mitchell sort of whipped him into shape and mm-hmm. got because the biggest thing with Quincy's been is maturity. Mm-hmm. He's a young player. Uh, going into last year, you thought Nate Harrison was the one you could rely on, and not Quincy Wilson, and they flipped. If Quincy can step up and play like he did at the end throughout now, it, but you still as much cor- as much nickel as you play, you need three or four corners. I just won't be shocked if a, if a early draft pick is on a corner. 
And then over the next couple of weeks, as we've said, we expect to see the Colts bring in some players for tryouts or for workouts or for medical tests, whatever it might be. The old due diligence. Indeed. And they're <laughs> reportedly doing due diligence on a young man by the name of Jay Ajayi, a running back who a former Philadelphia Eagle, former Frank Wright Dolphin. And that was exactly going to be my point. The Philadelphia Eagles brought in Jay Ajayi, traded for Jay Ajayi in the middle of their Super Bowl winning right. season because they needed help at running back. They had LeGarrette Blunt. They had Darren Sproles go down to injury that year. They brought in Jay Ajayi to be the bell cow, to be the workhorse guy. He came in, he scored a lot of touchdowns for them, really solidified the backfield, leading the Eagles to that Super Bowl championship. So this past year, Jay Ajayi tore his ACL in week five. So he's going to be a guy who's coming off that injury. You knew right away he's not going to be one of those first free agents right. taken off the board because of that injury. Do you think that – I was surprised to see the Colts maybe looking at a running back because I think the running back room is solid. But do you think this is a fit for the Colts' offense? Sure, because he, he's solid out of the backfield. He can make him miss it. He can be your bell cow if you want, which that's not what they would look for. That's what Marlon Mack is. Right. But I think this is a case, again, where you're trying to – if if there's something here, maybe they're just kicking the tires. Again, mm-hmm. this is the guy coming off an ACL. Where is he? And and if he's back to where he can play, he's not going to cost a lot of money because he's going to be on the prove it, prove your back type of thing. But uh, I, I think it's a case of, you know, last year you, you think you're in pretty good shape with your running backs. Of course, you know, you know Turbin's going to miss the first four games, and then Matt gets hurt. Mm-hmm. So you're starting, you're going with those two rookies. So I think they really like their their what they've got there those top three guys, but you could really add a player who can who can be there, be he can do different roles for you, and he's not going to cost you that much. Again, with and that's a relative term because again, remember they've got cap space. They do out the wazoo, so that that's really not an issue. But I, I think if whether this is one where they're really interested or just want to see how is he medically, but I, I I see a role for him here if that's what they want because Frank Reich again has a history, knows what he can do. And I think I saw, too, that he played uh, for Chris Strausser. Is Ajay from Boise State? He is, yes. Ajay went to Boise State. And, so. and I think their, their paths cross at Boise State as well. So That makes so, more sense. So they do they do know the guy. Uh, but, again, as we've talked with in the next 10 days, I, I just expect the, the Colts to do those three or four mid-level signings. Uh, you know, the Ebron, Autry type of guys, which they're not going to jump off the page as far as nationally. But they'll fit here, and if if Chris Ballard's listening, take a good look at Justin Houston. If if the guy can play, if he can rush the passer, let's give it a thought. But, but with these big name guys, D Ford, we, we'll transgress again to the free agency. These guys they do their homework, and if Chris Ballard doesn't believe Houston or D Ford or one of these guys can play, then he's not going to go after that. But people like this, a giant, and those mid level guys, I see a spot here. Uh, on this roster to make this roster better. It seems like you want to talk about edge rushers, Mike. Because there are, there are none here. <laughs> you know, I, I, I that's again. I, I keep I keep beating the the dead horse, so to speak, on the Colts about the pass rush. When, when you have to, and I, I thought Eberflus did a very good job of scheming guys to to make a rush. How about Ken, Kenny Moore? Ken, Kenny Moore in the playoffs. Yeah, our boy. Well, but but you scheme, which is great. It's great for Eberflus, but you scheme because you don't have the talent to win one-on-ones. And they've got a bunch of good players. Autry showed you a lot. Kamiko Ture showed a little bit. Uh, Jabal Sherrod shows you some. But who's your guy? You know, who, who's your guy? Well, it's not Terrell Basham. You know, he's, where's he in New York? Is I think he, so, the Jets, yeah. So, so I, I just, 
I, I wish I knew who the guy was. He's not here. Can they get him? Most of the good ones obviously are gone because they were franchise tagged or signed. Right. And and that's what that's what you do. Again, that's we, we keep jumping on John Gruden. That's what you do when you got the guy, you keep the guy. Yep. So I uh, I don't know where outside of a few guys that are out there and I and I couldn't tell you off the top of my head who's who's still out there now. Uh we got a few guys here. Um we got like like you said, Justin Houston is still available. He's thirty, he's been hurt. But but if you if you go to Houston, it's going to be the short term guy, which is that's what yeah. you you'd give a one year two year deal mm-hmm. to give you twelve games and hope to get thirteen fourteen sacks because you're not the way you have to do it. You're not going to invest four years and sixty million dollars or more in a thirty year old guy. So I, I I just don't know where they go to get that pass rusher now. Yeah, I mean the the top guys I see still available are Shaq Barrett, the you know situational pass rush from Denver who didn't get to play a lot last year because they drafted Chubb, um, Nick Perry, uh, who's been you know really fizzled out in Green Bay. Does anyone else from what pops in your mind with Nick Perry? Anybody? I know I saw your tweet though. Rick, rookie season, he, 2012, he just about ended the the Andrew Luck era. Oh yeah, coming off the edge, and it was one of the biggest facials and unblocked, I, almost over, un- unblocked, and he yeah. got him right under the chin. And how luck didn't get how how he got up, I still don't know. But that's the kind of guy you want—a guy that can have impact plays. I realize he wasn't blocked, mm-hmm. but but you need the guy that can then create something on his own. And the list you've you've read off. They're just not there. Here's the thing about a guy like uh, specifically Shaquille Barrett. You bring him up, and there's some guys, of course, who are edge rushers who are fitting better in a 3-4 system and some who fit better in the 4-3. The Colts run the 4-3. They have their edge rushers as defensive ends instead of outside linebackers. A guy Without like, blitzing. I mean, right. they, they play blitz yeah, Darius yeah. Leonard at times, too. Yes. Speci- yes. Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, but a guy like Shaquille Barrett is a 6'2", 250-pound guy, so you'd have to ask – Colts uh, defensive line coach, also defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus. How do they see him? Also, Chris Ballard, do you think that he can play a 4-3 instead of the 3-4, which he's been playing his entire career so far as an outside linebacker? And some guys can do that. Absolutely they can. But it depends on what your scouting department thinks, what his characteristics are. And if they can make that change, then maybe you bring him in. But again, these guys are in the free agent market for a reason because they're not the the elite edge rushers. No, Ziggy Ansah. Here's the thing about Ziggy. He's one of the more intriguing names on the on the market right now to me. He's turning 30 years old. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. There's a whole debate about holding. Yes, really yeah. Good. Well, he's, he, he claims to be turning 30 years old. But still, that's that's not exactly a spring chicken how either. Is there, how is there a debate over his age? Ghana released a birth certificate um, that said he was like two or three old years we're old. Talking or, little, we're talking a little league baseball. Yeah, is this Danny Almonte yeah. here? Yeah. <laughs> so he had uh, seven games last year. He had several shoulder injuries, was forced to put him on injured reserve. So again, red flag right there immediately. But I say he's intriguing because in those seven games he played last year, he had four sacks, pretty good ratio. Two years ago, he had 12 sacks in 14 games, pretty good ratio. He's already claimed ESPN reporting visiting the Bills and the Saints right now. So the Colts not on that list that is reported, at least, that's out there. So several teams are interested in seeing what he can do. If he's healthy, he's still had injury problems in the past. So how, how, much, how desperate are you to bring in a pass rusher right now? Who, who, who doesn't fit any of the mold of the character you want because of his age, the, the injury history. So, again, I, whoever, whatever they do, Edge pass rush wise, if they do anything, it'll be on that short term. 
get us through a year or two, and then they'll hope to get, again, in the draft or, or whatever next year because you're not going to invest a lot of money long-term in a, in a 30-year-old pass rusher. And here's another thing about, about edge rushers. The Colts have several on their roster that are young right now that they want to try to develop. So you bring it along, and he's, and he's taking their snaps. Exactly. So you, you want a guy like a Kamoko Ture on the field. You want Tyquan Lewis out on the field. If you really want to dive in deeper, guys like Jihad Ward and Al-Kadeen Muhammad were also right. on the roster last year, right. but those are probably not the guys that you're really focusing on to be your long-term pass rushers. But the first two that I mentioned, guys who were drafted last year, Absolutely, guys, the Colts want to see more of on the field, see exactly what they have. So if you bring in a guy with a longer-term deal, four years in free agency, at least $10 million a year, which would probably be more than that, they're going to take away from those guys. And the NFL is not Major League Baseball. You can't just take your developmental guys and put them in double-A AA or triple-A. Right. You've got to have a roster spot for them. And that's so you, if the Colts wanted to bring in a guy and they didn't have, spot, or didn't have room for a Lewis or a Ture, you can't release them because obviously someone's going to scoop them right up, put them on their 53. So no AFL. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, put them in the AFL. Put them, put them in the XFL coming next year, Joe. No. That's, that's the issue again. And, and that's why where they're at with the way Ballard wants to build this roster is, which again is understandable, but the, the, the guys he's going to depend on long term are still young players. Mm-hmm. So you're still waiting for them to develop. Taekwon Lewis, we, we saw quite a bit in a, in a short bit. Because he, he, his rookie year was just robbed by injuries. But they really like what they've got. Mm-hmm. And I think primarily they'd like him to be inside. He played well outside. So, so we'll see how this thing goes. And that, that's one, again, when you start talking to the, to the fan base, you know, we're, we're barely a week into, not even a week into free agency. Let, let's see what happens in 10 days and see where this team is or after the draft. And then we can complain about what they've done or not done. But, uh, the hardest thing to find, to me, is that pass rusher. If you don't have Von Miller, people like that. What the, was it? Arizona signed Terrell Suggs for the one year. They're, they're looking for they're looking for that one year. Uh, yep. Burst thirty six year olds. Thirty. I know, but but if you get you eight or nine sacks, it's worth it. I don't care if you're forty. Yeah. So, so, but again, that's the one thing. Probably that you know that and quarterback obviously is how you find that guy. How how you can determine him and then get him and keep him, it's the hardest thing to get. What about another position that the Colts could be looking at either in free agency or the draft, and that's safety. Because Malik Hook is your guy, obviously, at one safety. The other position past couple years has been Clayton Gathers when he is on the field because he's battled several injuries. Was he missed 22 games in the last three years? I I believe so, whether it's his neck or his back or... Had a concussion? Yeah, whatever it has been. I've liked him when he's on the field, especially as a guy who can come up and stick his nose in the line and be a run stopper. Marco well Murray at, at Tennessee two years ago. I remember that, and that's the play that really that's... messed up the neck, <laughs> right? From what I remember, so Clayton, I think he's. I don't know if anyone else will give him more than the Colts will, just because the Colts really do like him. I believe. I think Bauer has come out and said that he likes him as a player. I like him as a player. But if they give him more than a two-year deal, even more than a one-year deal, I might be surprised because of his injury history, Mike. Well, you, you can give, you can make it look like a three- or four-year deal that's really a one-year deal, which is what they've that's done point. some of the free agents. So we, wouldn't, we shouldn't get hung up on the length of it, but how much do you give him up front type of thing? I talked with someone with the Colts, and they said there's no better person in that locker room 
than Clayton. He he is again. He's everything that they want in a, in a person in a player. But they said it's complicated, and the complicate the complication is the injury history. It just is. Uh, th- this is you, you can as much as you may want a player. Jack, go back to Jack Muir last year. He is everything that Ballard wanted in a player when he played. He, he played the way they wanted him to play, but he had knees that just wouldn't let him play anymore. So whatever, I, I still think there's, there's a good chance that Gathers comes back because I, I, I think he has more value to the, the Colts than any other team because the Colts would be more, I guess, receptive to dealing with possible injuries. But whatever deal that Clayton Gathers gets, it's, it's going to reflect the uncertainty over his availability. It, it just is. It's unfortunate. Because you know the, the the idea that long term you'd have Malik Cooker and Clayton Gathers at, at safety, and then you know Matthias Farley is your three or four back there. That's a good group, but any contract's going to reflect missing so much time. And when you've got a a physical safety, and on his resume he's got neck surgery, it's just going to be tough. There's several interesting names, at least right now who are safeties, who are still unsigned. Ha ha, Clayton Dix, the uh, former Packer. Pro Bowler in 2016, has 14 career interceptions. He's never missed a game, so he's the opposite of right. Clayton Gathers in that sense. Um, just one name, Trey Boston, a young guy, 26 years old, who has 38 starts with three different teams, though, since 2016, so he keeps jumping from one team to another. That's For a reason? A, a, exactly. You, you think that there's got to be some reason. If you have a difference maker. You right. want to keep him. So he keeps jumping from one to another, but the chiefs release Eric Berry, who's had injury trouble himself, but on the field, if he's at his best, he's one of the best players in the NFL. So, and that's, and that's a type of player. Again, you, you start connecting dots in free agency mm-hmm. and Chris Ballard knows everything there is to know about Eric Berry. Exactly. Good and bad. Mm-hmm. So if, if he doesn't show an interest, that's for a reason. If he does, he knows that what that guy can be uh, when he's at his best. But with Eric Berry, how much will he be willing to not play for? He's going to want big money. He was he was let he go. Want, he well, should want big money. Sure he would. But but again, he's not played much in the last two years for the illness and injury. Was it a was it leukemia he overcame? <sighs> it was cancer. I thought it, was, it I might have been leukemia. It was and then and then he had his uh, he blew the Achilles. So uh, when he's played, he's he's Pro Bowl, all yep. Pro level. But but you know but. Players again. We we harp on this and, and harp on this is players are out there for a reason and players are still out there now for a reason. Even even more so because the, the the big contracts for the most part are done. You may see you know Sue or somebody like that get a decent contract, but right now if you didn't get that twenty million dollar guaranteed contract, you're probably not going to get it now. So I think again I think that's the the the, the basic thing of of what Chris Ballard wants to do is let the stupid money go. There still will be quality players at much more reasonable prices uh, in the next, in the second and third week of free agency. In our last podcast, in our kind of 2018 season recap, we talked a bit about uh, former Colts who are also current Colts who were resigned free agency guys like a Marcus Hunt, uh, an Adam Vinatieri, a uh, Mark Lewinsky, but uh, several other Colts who were on the roster last year still on the bench or on the beach, whatever you want to refer to it as right now, guys like Anaji Good, uh, Ryan Grant, uh, Ryan Hewitt, the tight end, Mike Mitchell, the safety, 
Uh, Jamarcus Webb, who went out early in the season, looked like he was going to be a starter on the offensive line for a while, but then went out with injury and uh, missed the rest of the season. And uh, Al Woods as well. So a couple guys like Al Woods, who was a projected starter, started several games. But he's 32 years old. Najee Good uh, was more of a special teams guy last year, 30 years old. Any of those names jump out to you as guys the Colts might want to look at? Because they all seem, at least to me, to to be expendable when it comes to their on-the-field Did play. you mention Dontrell Inman? I did not mention him, and I should I, have mentioned I would st- him. I would still re-sign Dontrell Inman. Yeah. I just, you can't have too much depth mm-hmm. at receiver. He's not going to cost you. He won't cost you what Funches cost you. Right. Uh, as, as your third, if Dontrell Inman's your number two guy, you're in trouble. But if he's, if he's your number three guy, you're in pretty good shape. I'd bring him back for a year, two years. Uh, I, th- I think if nothing else, he earned it mm-hmm. with the way he played. He was our second best receiver. Second half of the season, I, I, I did some figuring out, and his Lux quarterback rating was 130 and change throwing to Inman last year. Pretty, pretty good. Not too shabby. So uh, I think you could do that, but Najee Good's another guy I would think they'd bring back as a good core special teams player. By the way, a little fact check here is Hodgkin's lymphoma for oh, 2014. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Dr. Joe. <laughs> yes. Um, let, me, let me play devil's advocate about uh, Inman here for a second. As much as I also liked his play on the field, the Colts, with the signing of Funches, with uh, offering the tender to Chester Rogers, one year, three million and change, no team is going to. I don't think any team is going to offer Chester Rogers more and then give up second, second round. round pick. If exactly. They did, no, no one's going to. Chris Powder would say, "Thank you." Very Go much. ahead, take. Yeah, Thank we'll take that. Much. So I don't think any team's going to do that. So at at wide receiver, you have T. Y. Hilton, you have Devin Funches, you have Chester Rogers. Those are three guys right there. You also have Deion Kane coming back from injury last year. Zach Pascal. You, you'd expect he makes the roster. Zach Pascal. Uh, Darius Fountain, who was drafted in the fifth round last year. I don't know if they'd want to cut him just this quickly. They might still, he might make the final list and then get cut and put on the practice squad. Also, a guy like Steve Ishmael, who was on the practice squad all of last year, who they're trying to develop. So they have different guys. Did you, did you go to Syracuse? I, I, how did you know that? Because you, you had to work his name had to in work there. in Steve Ishmael. I didn't say Syracuse, but I was going to say Syracuse. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was coming. I'm, gl- I'm glad you jumped on that. But my boy, Steve Ishmael, who broke Marvin Harrison's record at Syracuse. Move for on, please. Reductions. Move okay, on. Okay. But anyway, you have all those young guys. Again, it's like we were kind of talking about with some of the Colts' uh, defensive ends and edge rushers. If you want to see what these guys can do, the time frame on that is getting short. you got to put them in there. So if you really want to throw more Kane and Fountain out onto the field, then you're not going to re-sign Dontrell Inman, even though you made a great case, I think, for bringing him back because of Andrew Luck's success throwing him to football. In, in all likelihood, the fact that they went with Funches, you're not going to bring Inman back. Mm-hmm. I, I, I guess I, I kind of look at the worst-case scenario. If somebody goes down, I would rather have Inman on my roster than Chester Rogers. I, he, I think he's a more reliable player. Rodgers gives you more big play capabilities, I guess, but I tend to like reliability. So yeah, I understand it. I understand the rationale. Then I go back to the middle of last year when they were signing guys because guys were hurt. Mm-hmm. Marcus Johnson, who, I don't know if you mentioned him. He, he's he's an exclusive guy they re-signed. Who right, was, I didn't even mention Marcus Johnson. And, and again, it's, it's another guy. That, that's your point. And, then, and again, to make your point and, and hurt mine is I do think they go out and get a young receiver in the draft. Mm-hmm. To, to be the, you know, a, a not a four. I just don't think you you do another fourth or fifth round guy. I think this is where you're sort of back in when the Colts were with Reggie Wayne in 2001 is when you were looking for the guy who was going to be 
Marvin Harrison's replacement. Now, they played together for several years, but I think you're at the point of T.Y.'s career, similar to Marvin Harrison's, where you're looking for that guy. Who is your next number one guy? It's not Funches. It's not, it's not, it's not Deion Kane. It could be somebody at the bottom of the first round. So this is about the time. I remember talking to Peyton Manning after they drafted uh, Costanzo. Costanzo was in 2011. Uh, and he, he, he said, good pick, he said, but he was supposed to be our next Reggie Wayne. And they couldn't do it because Tony Hugo flamed out. So this is about the time that you're looking to, again, not draft a guy and then get rid of T.Y. It, it's to draft a guy, re-sign T.Y. in a year or two, and then this the, the next guy is ready to step up. So you sort of talked me off the ledge on Don Trellinman because it, it, from a roster standpoint, it doesn't make sense. And again, there, there are several guys in kind of in Inman's shoes who are 30-plus guys that were – hugely were huge contributors to the Colts' success last year, and guys that Chris Ballard thanked postseason. A guy like an Al Woods comes to mind, 32 years old, defensive tackle, but if they bring him back again, I don't know. I don't know if they would because they've got Marcus Hunt. They've got Danico Autry starting uh, inside right now. They've got Grover Stewart, Hassan Ridgeway, still on their rookie contracts behind them. So there just might not be – it might not make roster sense. And again, you have to take that into account when you're building the roster is, is you want, that's why I say it's, uh, it, it totally makes sense to how he wants to do this with young players, your draft players and, and all that. The, the, and you use the free agency to, to fill a gaping hole, whether it's, whether it's that pass rusher, whether it's a receiver, which they did with, with Funches. So to bring in older guys, John Simon served a purpose for a year and then it didn't make sense anymore. So I, I think they're going to stick with it with the young route. And again, They've got young talent at good positions. Darius Leonard and Anthony Walker are the other two draft pick linebackers last year. So uh, it, it's going to be spot and choosing. But having said that, I, I think there's still three or four players not here yet prior to the draft that, that Colts fans maybe won't be enthralled with. But you know, if, if they turn out like Autry and Ebron, not too bad. What about a guy like Najee Good? Um, I, I was – a big fan of Najee because we had a, a deal with him last year with Fox 59. He came on our sports overtime show frequently on Sunday nights after the games. And it was a great dude. And that, that locker, that, that not locker room group, that linebacker group in the locker room. Oh, that, that, that little side of the room. Yes. Exactly. It's always fun. It's always having a good time. They all get along with one another. And I'm sure as a veteran, the young guys look to him as a guy who had just won the Super Bowl last year with the Philadelphia Eagles. And as a guy who was a leader of that group. But again, there's probably a spot open. At the strong side linebacker position, which with the cold scheme does not get on the field all that well, it's, all that often, it's more the nickel package. But it, it's possible that the Colts bring him back, but certainly not not a slam dunk. No, and, and if to me, if they brought him back, it wouldn't be so much as my sixth or seventh or eighth linebacker. It would, it would be as that locker room presence, as a special teams type of guy. And oh, by the way, if we need you as a linebacker, it, it will work. You always need two or three players like that. You just need guys who who you sort of forget they're there until you notice that they're there. Now, you can have too many of them. If you have too many of them, you're, you know, you're the Jets yeah. of years past or Cleveland of years past. But I think there is, as much as these guys, Reich and, and Ballard, pound home locker room, locker room chemistry, culture, I, I it, it's they're just not, you know, blowing smoke. They, they believe in it. And the people that fit that are Najee Good. Again, Frank Newham 
from what he did in in Philadelphia, and you teams teams have guys like this in the locker room, and I won't be shocked if they find a way to bring him back. And again, if nothing else, same with Dontre Lemon. I'll mm-hmm. go back to him. Let's say that come if he doesn't latch on to somebody, he's the kind of guy that unfortunately he's not going to get a good contract, so he might be on the street. If you need him come September, he's probably going to be there, right? Which, which is great, which is great for you, not great for him. But I think Najee Good is a guy that may, you know, be a, a signing in a month or two just to because of his value to the team. Mike Mitchell, probably another one of those guys, same type of thing. Thirty-two years old, he's a ten-plus year veteran, and we've already mentioned the role that he had in helping to shape Quincy Wilson a little bit last year. But he even he even tweeted out that thanks for the memories, more or less, to the yeah. Colts. So he, he understood. And he, he was a stopgap and mm-hmm. served a purpose, but he'll, he'll move on. He was even an AFC defensive player of the week last year. He came in here and he like started the next game. Yeah. And, then, and then two weeks later, player of the week. And then he, then he had the injuries that, that kind of diminished. But those are the guys. Now, he's too high in because he he wasn't real happy signing the deal he did here because he got what he, he finally got what he could. He wants more. Whether he can get it at that age and, and with – he does have injury issues, but those are the kind of guys that serve a purpose beyond the playing field. Wasn't a Anton Bethay cut as well? Yeah, you like a do-over on Anton Bethay or Laurent Landry? Holy shit! I think he smokes. landed in uh, New York he Giants. Did. Okay, he, he went to the giant, to the the, 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 uh, the minor league team in New York. Yeah, it's the Giants. Oh, the Giants! There's don't Saquon you don't you fe- don't you feel like who who feels worse worse Saquon Barkley? who's young, has got his career in front of him, or Eli Manning, who now is, what is he, 38, 39? Mm-hmm. And there's, not, there's nothing to nothing, build around. Nothing there. So what the Giants are going to do, they're going to waste the end of Manning's career, and they're wasting the start of Saquon Barkley's career. I, I have a, a good friend from college who started up a uh, Giants, uh, Giants website. It was uh, Big Blue United, and I, I still follow him, and it's it's unique following other teams, of course, around the league because they're dealing with similar issues, you know, as as the Colts might, but different ones as well. And for for him right now, it's there's so many people in New York, and I don't want to go too much on a tangent with this, but there's people who want the want the Giants to do what's best for Eli Manning because of what he's brought to that franchise instead of what's best for the New York Giants down the future. So that that's a real thing that's going on in their fan base right now that they are split saying, well, what's we, best what's best for Eli. Try to bring in more players this year. and What's best for Eli is to get rid of him. You might say that, yes. I think that's certainly what's best for the Giants. Kind of reminds you of, you know, back when the luck and we had Peyton and, you know, there's that split between the fan base. You don't Mm -hmm. want to see Peyton go, but you know. The the difference there is we didn't know if Peyton could throw a football. Yeah. Yeah. So, but with Eli, I mean, holy smokes. I just, I I look at what, he he was semi-effective last year with, Pretty good talent around him. No offensive line, and now what? What? What are your? What are you building? It's it's crazy. Well, let's uh, stay looking around the NFL uh, quickly, but get a little bit closer to home in the AFC South. Um, of course, the Colts' clearest path to the playoffs will go through their division. Managed to make it there this year, uh, second right behind the Houston Texans, and uh, ended up beating those Texans in the first round of the playoffs. But now, as you look at the division, you've got quarterbacks Andrew Luck. You've got uh, Deshaun Watson with the Texans. You've still got um, Marcus Mariota with the Tennessee Titans. And now, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Blake Bortles era Mike Chappell no. is over. No. It is. No. I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. 
you kind of wonder whatever happened to the Blake Bortles era. Well, maybe Colts fans would be happy that Blake Bortles is gone because right, he, right. he torched them. They, they only saw the best of Blake Bortles. They certainly it, did. It's like we always saw the best of Blake Bortles and the worst of Marcus Mariota. Mm-hmm. So I, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. And it, it'll be interesting to see where Bortles winds up. He, he was the latest example, and Jacksonville's had a bunch of them. I've always contended that it's that it's worse to have a quarterback that you think is your quarterback as opposed to not having your quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jake Lockers and the Blaine Gabberts and, and people like that, they hold your franchise hostage. And, and good players, I keep thinking of all the, the, the good years at the end of Maurice Jones-Drew career that were wasted because you didn't have your quarterback. Now, now Bortles gave him what they got to the title game two years ago, but he was never the guy. And he, he was, he, he's those guys that are, that are teases. They just kill your franchise. They, it, just, it just kills you. They even signed into a deal last year, several years, right. 20 plus million. I think they had to eat $16 million in just cutting him because, well, they had signed him just last year and now whoop, done, done with that. But another, they br- another given Foles 50 million guaranteed. The Super Bowl MVP, wow. Nick Foles. A lot of guaranteed money, $88 million. That's not guaranteed. It's a four-year $88 million deal. Um, do you think Nick Foles can make the Jaguars contenders in the AFC South again? Because he's in with a couple of good quarterbacks who've been here for a while. Especially yeah, and, if you and, look and he's at- got a good defense. I mean, they've, they've gotten rid of some, some parts of that defense, but that there's still talent on it. And do, do you trust Leonard Fournette? I don't know. We, we saw strange things last year with him, either injury or, or, or whatever. I still I, – I bought into Jacksonville two years ago. My mistake. I did too. And I don't think I will again. But in, in, the, in, the, in the division, I like Houston mm-hmm. because I like star power, and they've got star power. A lot of it. But they don't have – you know, DeAndre Hopkins is sort of a lone ranger on that team. But they've still got defensive players. I mean, they they got disruptors. Tennessee, I've not bought into Mariota because, again, we only see the worst of him. It's hard for us to buy it into is. Mariota here. It is. Yeah. I, I think they've in got a good, a good roster around him. I like the Cameron Wake signing. He, mm-hmm. he, again, he, he, here we go with me being my, my fantasy side. That kind of guy that can come in and maybe get you 10, 12 sacks. Yep. Uh, maybe, do, maybe do nothing else. I, I, we always used to joke about Dwight Freeney. Maybe he does nothing all game, then he has two plays in the fourth quarter. Now, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but, but to get those two plays, and that's what Wake can give you. The Colts still, to me, have to be it, – it's, to me, it's, it's Indy and Houston – and we'll see what the other two teams can do when you have a new quarterback and a quarterback that you're not certain if he's the guy to take you where you want to go. And from the Texans, you see something that, I mean, we, we kind of touched on a bit earlier. If you have your guy, you keep your guy when he's the pass rusher in-house, Javion Clowney, franchising him. I mean, it's still possible that they could trade him, but a team would have to, again, give up give up the house like uh, like the Raiders got in return from the Bears for, uh, for Mac. Khalil Mack. So. Um, I, I'd imagine Clowney stays there with J.J. Watt, and they're they're going to be pestering Andrew Luck for for years to come. And again, that's that's those like I say, that's when, when you've got the three or four players that make a difference, whether it's Watson and Hopkins and the two guys on defense, and then you've got Merciless as well. Mm-hmm. They're they're always going to be there. Uh, whether whether Houston's ceiling is ten and six, I don't know. Uh, Deshaun Watson gives you that wow factor. He took a beating last year. He really did. And over time, that, that's going to wear on you. As long as you have the quarterback. I give the Colts the edge in the AFC South because they've got a quarterback who 
who when he when he's when he's healthy, when he, when Luck is healthy, th- their their basement's ten and six in the playoffs, and then and then if things fall into place, a lot, a lot more than that. So, again, right now the Colts haven't done enough to really elevate themselves to where they're the no doubt you know leader in the clubhouse, so to speak, mm-hmm. or where they can do more. So let's see what happens the rest of free agency in the draft. But this is all of a sudden, again, a very strong division. I think the last time it was this strong was 2006 or 2007, I thought it was, where three teams, where the worst team was 8-8, eight and eight, I think it was, mm-hmm. three teams to get in. So I could see it being a very tight division again. When you look around the league at former Colts who are now elsewhere, I want to give some attention to them because I'm sure Colts fans out there are interested in several players who either received, uh, what's the word, uh, cult fame here in town or just really appreciated by the fan base. Frank Gore is certainly one of those who was just here for He's several in Buffalo. years. He is in Buffalo. Oh, remember his game in Buffalo? Was it two years ago? I when do. it was when it was like 10 below and yeah, our, 10 our, inches of snow. Our photographer, Bet, Brett Bensley, loved that trip because he had never shot a game really in the snow like that before. Oh and and I lived in Montana for three years, so I had shot plenty of football games in the snow, and I told him, man, that's not, it's not as fun as you would think. It's not. That was Frank's most, most productive game, 120, 130 yards in the snow. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I was a little surprised that he left Miami because that's home. This tells me one year, $2 million, this tells me Frank is chasing numbers. Yeah. Because Buffalo's not ready for a Super Bowl run. But we were looking, Joe and I were looking, I think Frank needs 500, 600 yards to be third all-time. Yeah, he's fourth right now behind Barry Sanders. Unbelievable. So. Barry Sanders and Frank Gore. I mean, that's, so So the guys that will be ahead of him will be, will be Emmett Smith and Walter, Walter Payton. Walter Payton, yep. And then uh, Frank Gore. Dead gum, man. Uh, Even now, it, it, it's incredible what he has done. Like first just, ballot in my book. I mean, he, I, I have a vote. I don't think he'll be first ballot. You don't think so? Curtis Martin had to wait two or three years. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Hopefully by then we won't have Edger and James still trying to pound on the door. Mike says, "Amen." I, I, oh my goodness, <laughs> my goodness! But but you're going to knock down that door yourself. It, well, Edger will. Edger Edger will, or he'll find somebody. He he knows people. But uh, when you're third all time in rushing, and and the, the thing with Frank Gore is he he's never ever been the best running back in the league. But he just wears you out. Mm-hmm. 4.2, 4.3. He's not the player he once was, but he's – he's. and I tell you, when you talk locker room, no better guy. This is one of those guys where watch what he does and try to do that. And, and the fact he's still playing is amazing and hope for the best for him. We sometimes had to watch what he says as well. We had to keep the uh, the beep button the ready button. when we had – yeah, exactly. We, we didn't we, – we, when we saw you guys around there, we sort of egged him on. Which, As you should. You sort of let him into <laughs> certain things that, you, that that we can delete out or, or whatever that you guys couldn't do with sound bites. But great guy. Oh, yeah. And when you talk freaks, you're talking the Jerry Rices and all that. F- to, to play, what is it, 15, 16 years at running back, and he never misses games. It, it's amazing. What about uh, running down the list here? Uh, Henry Anderson re-signed with the New York Jets, three years, $25 million. There was a time when uh, – Colts fans thought Henry Anderson might be one of the next pass rushers, at least a guy who can get you seven or eight a year, if not nine or ten in his best seasons. But they let him go with the change from the 3-4 to the 4-3. And, and looking at Henry, it seems like he could do the the Margus Hunt yeah. inside-out stuff. Now, whether they bring him back for that kind of – would have brought him back for that kind of a contract, I don't know. But 
certain guys that you're really in the locker room, you think, this is a really a good guy. He was one of Remember, He had the uh, fluky larynx, crushed larynx, yeah. where they said, yeah, you could have died. Yeah. You know, because, you know, you need to breathe. Mm-hmm. But he's a really good guy. Uh, he was a mid-round pick for him. Was he a second or third-round pick for the Colts? I, I believe he was a third-round pick, Joe, but I'm not positive but about he, that. If you can look it up for guy. a second. You love Out of Stanford. See, you love to see these guys like Henry make it good, and, and he has. And a couple others before we get back to Henry Anderson. Dwayne Allen uh, signing with Miami, two years, six and a half million. Throw him the football, please. It, that's exactly what he wants. He got his ring with the Patriots. Now he wants the ball. He had like 13 catches in two years. And that's it. It's incredible. I remember the, the very first play, the very first play two years ago in the season, uh, his first game with the Patriots, Tom Brady overthrew him. Correct. And it was intercepted. Right. The, the very first play, Dwayne Allen kind of got turned around a bit there in the air, <laughs> and it was intercepted, and then he caught 13 balls over the next two years. Right. Joe, do you have that answer? It is third round. Third round. Andrews. Okay. Just wanted good, to make Very sure. good player. Yes. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, John Simon re-signed with the Patriots. Um, had a fit there. And Philip Dorsett re-signed Philip with him, Dorsett too. Dorsett re-signed with the Patriots, a one-year deal. He's just 26 years old. Um, a guy, gosh, Philip Dorsett's always been a guy. I, I, I've enjoyed talking to him during my time here. I, I always thought that too much got thrown onto his shoulders by being drafted where he was. And he's, it, he's, Rob, he's Rob Morris for, for old-time Colt guys. He's Rob Morris, although Morris was better. Morris mm-hmm. never lived up to being in the bottom third of the, of the of the first round. Right. Dorsett will be a good player. I don't know if he'll ever be that great player that, you know, right. with the speed. Remember when Jim Mercy said, well, Al Davis, Al Davis would have loved this pick because yeah. of oh, the speed. Boy. Well, I'm Al Davis, Syracuse guy. Right. <laughs> hey, you brought him up. <laughs> but I didn't know that. So uh, that, Now you do. Uh, I, do I, I won't bring it up again. Dante Moncrief, another former Colts wide receiver, uh, signs a two-year deal with the Steelers. Again, a young guy, just 25. I can't believe Dante Moncrief's only 25 years old that I read We're going to be sitting here in five years. He'll, be, he'll have played 10 years with – Five or six or seven teams and make forty or fifty million dollars in his career. A good amount of money because he has he has all the tools. But again, like we said earlier, he's a guy that jumps from one team to another team, and there might be a reason for a reason that. for a re- yeah. people. Right when you see guys that have four or five teams, there's there's something lacking in what he brings. And you know, you keep thinking Moncrief if he gets in the right situation, maybe. But this might be who Dante Moncrief is. Aren't you guys just glad we can uh, stop talking about Le'Veon Bell now? <sighs> Thank <laughs> Jesus. Because I saw when, they, when when he didn't sign initially, they said, well, his price is coming down, and now some other teams might get no, back into it. No. And they threw the Colts in there. And I would they have gotten in there if, if it was $10 million? I don't think so. But uh, you just kept wondering when some of these things came up with the Colts jump yeah. in there, and it's it would, again, go against everything Ballard's trying to do here. I think what, what Le'Veon wanted – as evidenced by him sitting out all of last year, was a long-term deal, and that's probably what would have held up, I think, the Colts from signing him. Maybe they would have given him two years, three years, and that But he had, to, he had to recoup that 14-5. Exactly. That, that he, it's just, and, and people are arguing whether it still made sense, the fact that he gave that up. Did, did he get that back through the new deal, which maybe he didn't. Yeah. But to walk away from fourteen five as a business decision is tough to do, and it's it's something that uh, uh, you saw kind of the opposite happen with Seahawks safety Earl Thomas. He was playing in the same situation, right. exact same situation. Le'Veon Bell was was not playing in. He goes out there and gets hurt, really bad injury. 
but still get signed this offseason for umpty up million dollars. So maybe players in the future will look at that and not sit out the way Le'Veon Bell did. Say, hey, you know what? My past experience speaks for itself. I can still get this contract, so I'll play and I'll get that $14.5 million. And even if I get injured, I can still make money in the future. It's not a death sentence, so to speak. But again, that also depends on the injury, depends on how bad it is, depends on how late in the season it comes, whether a team wants to really sign a player in that count. So I, I, I can't come out and say, oh, every player now will, will follow the, the Earl Thomas uh, route. Uh, well, not pe- the people Bell think route. that Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown have shown how to do things. Oh you know, whether The only players that can do that are players that have that leverage. Yes. How many players have that leverage? 1%? Very few. If that. So if you've got it, knock yourself out and use it. Eli Manning did that to get out and get out of San Diego in the draft. But but how many players can say either I'm I'm going to be such a knucklehead that I'm going to force them to trade me, or I'm going to sit out? It's it's a very small handful of players. Joe, anything else from you over there right now? Uh, no. I, I think mean, we've covered a lot so I far. Think we covered and, a lot, and, and we all agree that this is this is not the end of Colts free agency at all. We're we're a couple days in. And more news will be coming in the next couple of weeks. Because that, that's the part of the season we're in right now. They'll, they'll re-sign some players, a player or two, and they're going to bring in a couple of players that people are going to either shake their heads at or say, you know, good or bad. Mm-hmm. It, it's not over yet, like you said. Oh, and yeah. as yeah. I'll, Go ahead. As always, we'll, we'll break down the latest whatever is to come on the Colts Blue Zone podcast. So don't just download one episode. Subscribe to us. You'll get the newest episode comes out whenever it drops. And for the very, very latest Colts breaking news. You can always follow us on Twitter as well. Mike is at mchapel51. I am at Dave G underscore sports. And of course, watch us on Fox 59 CBS four nights, evenings, weekends. Absolutely. And you can follow the Twitter account for this podcast at Colts Blue Zone. Um, it's two o'clock. So anyone who signs after this, 2.30, Colts sign a big free agent. That's why we didn't talk about it today. Exactly. So we'll, we'll have that online and over Twitter or whatever that may be. So until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. And uh, we will catch you on the flip side on the Colts Blue Zone podcast. Later. Later.